This is 30 Day Trial. I'm Weston. I'm Clark. Oh, that was our best one yet. And today we are going over learning a foreign language week number one. We've both picked Spanish because it's something that we might be able to use in practice in our day-to-day lives because we live in the Southwest United States. How's it going, Clark? It's going good. Um, I was just telling Weston that uh, I had a really good... So we're using Duolingo for our app to do it. I had a really good streak of almost two weeks going where I did it every day and it tells you if you miss a day. And so I finally broke my streak, I think yesterday, because I just got busy over the weekend. Um, I, I learned a lot about Spanish, but the the thing that was bugging me is there's three or four ways to say the exact same thing. And a lot of times the app wants you to say something specific without really cueing you in on what specifically it wants you to say. And it doesn't always teach you the difference between like that. There's a phrase that it's like, um, uh, you can say como se llama or como se llama usted. And I still don't understand the difference in those two. And Duolingo does not teach you that. So I have some notes in front of me as well to go over, but I think that touches on one of the things. Well, I mean, in English, there's a tons of ton of different ways to say things, right? Like if you were to say, I have a golden retriever that is female, like you could say, I have a female dog that's a golden retriever. I have a golden retriever and she is a girl. My golden retriever is a girl. Like, so I, I understand sometimes how getting the language across and then what order of like verb, subject, noun, adjective, everything is in can kind of just be all tossed together and regurgitated in any most ways possible. I think my biggest gripe with Duolingo is that it's teaching us Spanish from Spain. And it's definitely a different dialect than the Spanish that I hear spoken around here in San Diego. So the dialect or the Spanish that is spoken in the Southwest United States and at least Northern Mexico is different enough from the Spanish spoken in Spain where you would get weird looks. Like people would be like, uh, what did you just say? Or like, why did you say it like that? And it's uh, definitely something that I'm going to find another resource for to learn Spanish that is spoken here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like it was, I understand what you're saying about it being Spain Spanish. I feel like there was also quite a bit of South American Spanish in there as well. Cause 10 years ago before they had Duolingo, maybe they had Duolingo 10 years ago. I don't know. I bought this disc set of Spanish from um, Costco and it, it was teaching hardcore Spain Spanish and it was different than what Duolingo does. But one thing I did like that Duolingo does is it gives you access to podcasts and you can listen to short stories in from different places that speak Spanish, like Argentina and Brazil and Mexico and Spain. So you can learn how different, how Spanish is used in different countries and it'll, it'll tell a story and it'll give you like two sentences, two sentences in Spanish, and then it'll explain it in English and then another two sentences in Spanish. And it's done in a way that's not tedious or weird. It's just a really flowy kind of story. So that's one thing I did like is it gives you some more tools to actually learn from people in certain parts. 
I'm not sure if I'm far enough into the app yet that it's unlocked the the podcast and things. I know you're quite a bit further than me. I've been working on it every day for the last week, but probably only for, I don't know, maybe three lessons or if, I can't remember if that's what they call them, but like three or four lessons or tutorials. Um, so probably about 30 minutes, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, so I know you're way farther into the app and in, into Spanish than I am. About, I think I'm probably 15 hours into Spanish. I was going, I was doing like four hours a day when I first did it. And then I just got really busy and kind of stressed out and uh, was just doing a million different things and stopped making time to do it. But I, I did, I think 11 straight days of it. So I definitely had 11 days and of those 11, eight of them were really hardcore multiple hours a day. Well, I think we should give our listeners kind of a background. So before we start or this week started this first week of 30 day trial for me, Spanish was something that I took two years of it in high school, but that was over 10 years ago. But I also live in San Diego. So like I said, it's something that you hear or I hear relatively commonly. It doesn't always mean that I understand what's being said, but if you walked outside and, you know, gathered up 50 people, probably at least 10 of those people are going to speak Spanish and some of them very fluently. So it's something that is, has been around or is in my life. Um, but as I am right now, like I can be like, donde esta el baño? So like, where's the bathroom? Or if I got dropped off in Spain or Mexico, I probably wouldn't be completely lost. But my grasp of the language right now is at like a first grade level where I can say, my dog is white, or I need to eat, or where is the bathroom? But I can't have complex conversations about like why Tim's girlfriend is mad at him or explaining to someone on how to, you know, build a cabinet or something. I don't have any grasp of link of the language like that. Yeah. And one thing that I, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that I really picked up from this is now, well, two things have happened. One is I now get a ton more um, advertisements in Spanish. Like half my advertisements are now in Spanish, which I don't understand them at all. Well, not at all, but I don't understand my, <laughs> I just think it's funny because when you think about targeted ads, I definitely don't know enough Spanish for me to be getting Spanish ads, which is hilarious. But the other thing is that when I hear snippets of Spanish here and there, I actually understand some of it now. And I've never, I've never been able to understand it before. And I'm like, Oh, I caught half that sentence. And Oh, it just kind of, it's kind of opened up another world for me. And, um, I really do want to get fluent in Spanish. So this is definitely helping. I just need to set some time aside tonight and get it done so that I can get back on an, another 11 day streak or longer. On a quick tangent, speaking about targeted ads, I had a targeted ad on YouTube yesterday for chewing tobacco, which I've never chewed <laughs> chewing tobacco. And I honestly had the, my first gut reaction was like, is this legal? Or like, because I think the tobacco companies have some pretty major restrictions on them for advertising and things. And 
I don't know. It was just so weird. It had the big giant slogan, a thing above it where it said like nicotine and all tobacco products are addictive and can cause cancer or whatever mm-hmm. it said. But it was very strange to get a chewing tobacco ad on YouTube. It was poorly targeted for sure. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> so if, I, if I'm remembering, so I'm, I'm going to run with your tangent here for half a second. And um, anyway, so if I'm remembering correctly, when they passed the laws against no advertising for tobacco companies. I think it was no advertising to underage people. So in the age of social media, it can target people in a better way and figure out who's underage and who's not based on certain demographics. So you're probably, so social media has actually probably opened up a new avenue for targeted ads for tobacco companies because they can verify that their audience is over 18 or not. Yeah, Google definitely knows that I'm over 18 because of uh, my YouTube channel and stuff. There were some, there was extra details that I had to put in while creating some of that stuff, but it just felt very strange. Yeah, no, that would feel strange because I'd kind of feel the same way. It's it's just interesting. I I feel like with tobacco, um, people who are going to be buying it are going to be people who don't need to be advertised to. It's one of the rare. Anyway, sorry, we're on. No, no, no. I was just going to say back back to the the language. So one thing I want to talk about too is I was thinking about it earlier today as I was kind of preparing for what we were going to talk about. I already said that I took Spanish in grade school or high school, but I took American Sign Language in college, and I uh-huh. pick, and I p- picked up American Sign Language really fast. But I struggled with Spanish when I was in school because. Truthfully, with, even with English, I'm not very good at spelling. There's a whole tangent we can go down on. I don't know even how to describe it. I think with with spelling, my brain looks at each word as an individual image, and I can so I can read really fast, and my reading comprehension is really high because I don't look at individual letters of each word and like spell out the word. I somehow have like a image saved of each word. So I, instead of reading like letters, I read whole words at a time. And so when I have to go back and write something, my spelling is atrocious and it always has been atrocious. Those were the hardest things for me in school were like the spelling tests or the spelling quizzes in grade school. I, I would fail. Like there are still words like tomorrow. I still struggle with spelling tongue i struggle with like i struggle with there's some weird combinations that i've noticed things like pilot with like the i and the o and the l words oh i always spell it wrong like even to this day as a phd student um like there are some english words that i still struggle to spell with so well i was doing spanish I had even more difficulty with it because it was a different language. So the spelling and writing for Spanish with me just tanked my grades. And then I got frustrated with it. And I think I didn't enjoy it as much. But with American uh-huh. Sign Language, because it's all hand signals or hand signs, there isn't Doesn't matter. There's not a written language of American Sign Language. They they write English. Um, right. And because it's a physical thing and all of my degrees and passions are in like physical education or physical fitness. I think I really excelled at it, but it was weird. What I was thinking of is I still remember a lot of Spanish 
but I remember almost no American Sign Language. And I think it's just because I still hear Spanish occasionally, but all the time. And I don't know anyone that I interact with often that uses American Sign Language. So it's like dead to me, basically. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. And that actually brings up another point for some of our listeners who might have some of the struggles that you have. Um, one of my, one of my best friends, his name is Quinn and he's dyslexic. And so I, I told him when I downloaded Duolingo, he should do so too, because he's a real estate agent and speaking Spanish might, might help him make more sales. And he just said, I, there's no way I can learn a second language. And I went, Oh, I bet you, you could. And he didn't say why. And I thought about it for a second and I went, Oh, you're dyslexic. You struggle. He like, he, he can read just fine. It just takes him longer to do it. And when he reads something, it, for, I can tell it takes him about twice as long to read it as it does me. Um, and so I can only imagine with dyslexia, how hard it would be to, or, uh, or another condition that's similar. It would be very difficult to learn a language. I feel the, um, and it's weird on Duolingo. So for anyone who hasn't used it, most of the learning is it says something or it has something in English or Spanish. And you pick like the words, the translation and put it in and then hit like check or good or whatever it is. And it says if you're right or you're wrong. But occasionally it has you listen to something or occasionally it has you speak something into your phone. I'm great on all of those. The ones that I always get wrong is when you uh, when I have to spell it. And I'm like, oh, I could tell you what it says or like how it sounds or whatever, but I I just can't spell it. So those ones are frustrating. Yeah. Well, when I that was what was interesting for me is the ones where so Duolingo has a setting when it when it has an audio sentence it has you listen to and then spell it out mm-hmm. is have a fast mode and a slow mode for you to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And the first day or two I did it, I, I couldn't hear the words. I flat out couldn't hear them. And I had to listen to it word by word to get it. And now, even though I don't feel like I'm very good at Spanish, I'm probably maybe 5% as good as I need to be to actually be fluent. Uh, whenever I hear a sentence, I can type it out every time. Now I don't have to go back and listen to it slow anymore. I was trying to which think, I, of, which is really, yeah, go ahead. But, no, I was just trying to think of, there is a difference in, it's not that much. That's what I wanted to just double check to make sure I wasn't wrong in my thoughts. Um, Spanish is spoken slightly faster than English with whatever this website is that I just pulled up. It says that the average Spanish speaker speaks at the rate of 7.82 syllables per second. And the average English speaker is 6.19 syllables per second. So there's a whole syllable and a half difference in faster. So that, I mean, that could be a word or about half a word or maybe even two words. um, Spoken faster per second. So it is faster. And I also know what you're talking about, where sometimes it's hard to, when you're learning a language, that's one of the hardest parts is listening to a native or very fluent speaker speak because they're so comfortable with what they're saying. Just like you and I right now speaking in English, I don't have to think about the next word that I'm going to say. It just comes out because 
I'm fluent in English. Right. And the other thing that's different from Spanish is um, <clears throat> the the adjective adjective comes after the thing you're describing. And in English, it's the other way around. And in some cases, words are flipped around in a Spanish sentence. So not only is Spanish faster, but then the structure of the sentence is different. So you have to hear it, process the words, then process the sentence as a whole, and then process the conversation as a whole and how it, how it relates. That That is not easy to do, and it definitely takes time. Yeah, that's one of the notes I have written down where I say, is, yeah, in English, usually the adjective is before the noun. And my example that I wrote down was orange juice. So like if I said, hey, Clark, do you want some orange juice? But in Spanish, it switched around to Hugo de Naranja or juice of the orange, literally. And that, that throws me to all of the time. So I think the other thing is the conjugating the verb for the performer as well as the tense so i don't even have an example of this um but if anyone who has learned spanish you know exactly what i'm talking about those grids where the verb is conjugated for if it's i if it's you if it's we if it's proper we if it's and then all of them again in past tense so in english we usually only have like a present tense and a past tense verb so like I went skating, he went skating, we went skating, or I went skating, or yesterday I skated, yesterday he skated, yesterday we skated. So we have prince uh, or tense conjugation, but in, Van in Spanish they have performer and tense conjugation. So they have like, they've got to have thousands of more words in their language and it, it baffles my mind how everyone remembers all of it yeah and that's the thing though is when you grow up with it you don't even think about it because so many people struggle with english and there's so many there's so many different rules that don't apply in one space but do apply in a, in a different sentence in english and in spanish it's i feel like to some degree it's once you have it memorized kind of how to how to say know present and past tense and performer tense and all of that once you have it it's easy but i think the learning it's probably the hardest part the memorizing the words you know for you know orange or orange juice or or apples probably not that big a deal mm -hmm. and i do think that's one of the the big things that kind of i was thinking about that today too the difference between being fluent in speaking a language versus knowing all of the words and their translations so like i could memorize the word for orange and for juice and for mother and for father and be able to just kind of english spanish trend you know translate them back and forth but to have a grasp of how the flow and the structure of the language works is much harder than just oh yeah like papa is father or is dog or you know whatever where it's just kind of like a memorization of vocabulary the actual speaking of the language in a proper format i think is the much harder aspect versus just memorizing what each word for each thing is or means right and and that makes sense if you think about it because um you come across people that have come here from you know mexico or el salvador or they didn't learn english down there and they come here and they speak it a little bit 
And they always say things like, you go store or mm-hmm. you dance. Like they, they know how to, they have the words memorized, but they don't know how to use them in a sentence. So they'll say like, you go shopping instead of, are you going to go shopping? Because the structure is in English is so different. It's easier to just memorize some key points because even if your English is choppy or even if your Spanish is choppy, if you have keywords memorized in a sentence, a native speaker is going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. For the and most that, part. I feel like that's exactly where I am with Spanish. Like I said, if, if I took a road trip to Spanish, right. Or to Mexico right now, I wouldn't be lost because I can say like bathroom and food and restaurant and water, you know, or, or maybe even order a burrito with chicken in it versus carne asada or, or whatever it is. But, that would be about it. Like I'm not having a, a conversation about how some guy's day is going and that he's upset because it's raining and he wanted to paint his garage. Like that's not happening. Right. And the other thing, um, I, where I feel like who I am with my Spanish is if I were to be in Mexico right now, I could probably get by, but be nervous about it as far as being able to read signs and being able to ask for things. But if I wanted to comfortably be able to order food and read all the signage, I probably need another seven to 10 days of really going hard into Duolingo. And if I wanted to be able to have a decent conversation, I probably need a month and to be able to really have a decent conversation, I would probably need two or three still. Yeah. I think that's about what I was looking it up and it was, like 200 hours of practice from English to Spanish, because there are difference. Like if you're a native English speaker and learning Spanish, and I believe maybe the Spanish to English, the languages are similar enough and the structure is similar enough that it's rated as like one of the easier ones. But like, if we were trying to learn Japanese, it might, it might take us like three times longer to because they're just such totally different languages but i think something like 200 hours of practice is what's usually quoted to be like comfortable in an environment where you're gonna have to speak spanish like all day or another or english from the other way around if you were a spanish speaker natively right and that makes sense and for me personally i want to get there because um, I still do quite a bit of door-to-door sales in the summer and just kind of in my spare time. And if I could speak Spanish, I would make a lot more sales and make a lot more money. So, well, it sounds like we have our homework cut out for us because we barely said any words in Spanish on our Spanish podcast. And I still, it, it's that initial reaction of, okay, these are the words that I need to say. This is how it sound like should sound. And then you say it out loud and you're like, uh, that didn't sound very good. Uh, so I have, I have an assignment for us. Okay. I think me and you should spend enough time learning Spanish this week. That we can walk into like a, a Mexican restaurant and order food, and do it all in Spanish. And then we report back on how that went. And you said for this how, week, or is that for the end of the podcast? What do you think? What should we do? Uh, I think I could do it in the end of the week. And it's mostly because that's most of the Spanish that I'm exposed to is in the restaurant or food business. And so much of the things like burrito, the word burrito is burrito in English and Spanish. There's no 
it's not English or Spanish. It's both for the same thing. So I feel like I could go in and it would be slow and they'd probably look at me funny like I was a fool. But I almost feel like I could because I would go in and I'd say, uh, yo, necesito un burrito y... Oh, you would actually say, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to, I was just trying to think of like pollo y uh, queso y papas fritas. Well, that'd be potatoes. I guess I wouldn't want a breakfast burrito with chicken in it. That'd be weird. So there, I already messed it up. So yeah, I have some practice to do. Yeah. And, and actually I'll point out, cause I'm going to critique what you said, cause that's what I'm going to do. Um, you said, yo, you said, yo necesito, which is I need, mm-hmm. uh, if you were ordering, you would probably say, yo quiero, which is I want. Yeah, I guess. Cause they'd be like, but what are you dying of cyber start? I don't know. I would just go for the words that I can say. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, burrito, <laughs> y carne. And well, maybe, Maybe you're, maybe you're right though. Cause when I worked in the doing roofing, um, it seems like they said the word necessito way more than they said the word quiero. So maybe it really is necessito is what's used more commonly. The other thing too, well, it's, I think that's back to this, the Spain versus Mexico uh, dialect is sometimes in Duolingo. What is it? What do they say? Uh, I think they, whatever it is on Duolingo for when they want the answer, like, I think it, in my mind, I always translate it as no problem, like de nada, but that's not what they say. I don't know. I'll come, I'll write it down next time I see it on Duolingo. There's one of the like phrases like, you're welcome, or oh, sorry, or no problem, yeah. that I feel like is not what is said around here. They say something like more slang. Um, yeah. So I'll write it down. Well, well- well, what's interesting though is de nada technically means it's nothing, but it actually is your welcome. That's what that's how they use it. Maybe that's the one that I I, I feel like is weird. The de nada. The, yeah, yeah. Because so. when I was younger, I used to hear de nada a lot, and I'm like, why do they say that instead of your welcome? But for them, it is it is your welcome. That's that's <clears throat> that's what's used, and that's actually what's used around here at least. Um, we have a we have a ton of. Um, of immigrants here so but maybe maybe regionally in different states they say different things i don't know maybe it depends on maybe we get a lot more um south american people who aren't from mexico and because you've got tijuana just right there maybe you get a lot more or like mexico like mexican speakers and we get more south american speakers yeah i don't know i know it's i don't know it's hard it's hard to like but I, I, that'd be the same thing. Like if you studied English on Duolingo, it'd be funny. We should start an English one. I guess you would have to pick some another language though, because could you imagine studying English? Like it's probably pretty proper English, and then like flying to the South for your first trip to America. <laughs> I've thought about that actually. I actually have thought about that. People who like people from Korea or Japan, where it's already hard because you don't have the R sound. So they say L instead of R because they don't have an R sound in their language. And so you come here and you're already not able to use some of the letters in the alphabet when you speak. And then you end up in like deep Louisiana and like the French quarter. Oh, that would be awful. I can barely understand what those, what is being said there sometimes. 
So yeah, I feel like that's kind of what it is that we're getting at where we're learning, I guess the most proper version of Spanish, but locally it is a lot more slang and a lot more relaxed and there's a lot more like colloquialisms used and that makes it incongruous with what we're learning yeah all right yeah that's interesting yeah i think we have some homework set up we're good on week number one going into week number two this one is definitely fun i gotta find something i gotta find at least one more resource to use so i'll report back next week on if i find something to add to my studying yeah cool okay Sounds good. All right, 30 day trial. Thanks for listening. I'm Weston. I'm Clark. And we'll talk to you next time.